Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Just riding the roller coaster of will we play or won't we play? And I think we've been we on it will since play. March. But you know what? Since uh, since you're talking things that roll, you know, one thing that rolls is your car, and you need to go get parts for it. So go to rockauto.com. We'll talk about them in just a bit. Um, We've already talked about some of the big prospects that we heard about from this past weekend uh, in our previous podcast, but one game that had not happened, and we can start with this one, is the Thompson versus Oxford game, and man, what an offensive explosion. I don't know if you got to see any of it, but I watched most of the game, and it was pretty incredible. Uh, Thompson has a junior quarterback that's going to be a thing. He looks really athletic and very good. I thought Jeremiah Alexander, the Alabama commitment, who's also a junior, looked good. But Peter Woods, the defensive lineman, was really good at the underclassmen. He's like a 2023, is he not? Yeah, and he looks like uh, he's already 23, not 2023. <laughs> what is uh, – Thompson's got a good junior quarterback? Yeah, I believe his name is uh, Colin Harrell. I believe that's his name. You know, it, it's funny, like my memory is so shot. I mean, I, I need some of that Prevagen, but that they get all that shit from Jellyfish or something. Uh, maybe we'll get him on as a sponsor. Prevagen, it even helped Luke. But, um, you know, I think his name is Colin Harrell. And uh, even though that sounds too much like Colin Farrell, maybe I'm screwing that up. I'm going to look it up. But anyway, he was uh, – I wasn't expecting to, like, focus on him at all. So – I sort of kept like every time they he did something, I was like, yeah, but okay, he did well. But what about Jeremiah Alexander? What about Peter Woods? What about Rock Taylor for Oxford? And it just kept coming back to him. I mean, he's he was so good last night. Um, I'm about to look him up right now. But uh, yeah, I thought he he was he's going to be a problem for seven a seven a's got a problem with Thompson regardless. I mean, hey, maybe maybe everybody in the world knows this, but me. Uh, doesn't Thompson also feature a ninth grade Tungo Valoa? Okay, I don't know the answer to that. I've okay. I've heard that as well. I don't know the answer to that though. Yeah, um, I don't know it either. I mean, I I hear things, but then it's never confirmed. I suppose I could do things like Google, but I'm just a much too busy man for that. But no, there's apparently, and he's a cousin. He's not uh, he's not a brother. He's not another brother. Uh, but he's he's apparently a cousin of Tua and Talia, and I believe he would be in the ninth grade this fall. I assumed he was at Thompson. That could be wrong. He could be at another Birmingham area school um, that was part of the contingent that moved here when uh, when the whole family moved here back three or four years ago. But we'll we'll work to confirm this. There was also uh, Traquan Fagans who was cool. out there, yeah. who's a junior that Big I don't have and a sophomore named Tony Mitchell, who's good. And you're right, Peter Woods is also a sophomore. I think Mitchell and Woods are. I mean, oh my they're, God, they're going to be. Jeez, I mean, they're they're ridiculous good. They both. I mean, they're they're sophomores playing in their first games on the tenth grade. They both have multiple SEC offers. Tony uh, Mitchell, I believe, <laughs> is even committed to Tennessee. Though I would call that commitment quite soft, considering how early it was made. Yeah, I mean. It, <laughs> It's one of those that it's so early. I mean, that we may not even have football in a couple of years. So, um, but it, 
uh, uh, Oxford, their wide receiver, Rock Taylor, who is committed to Tennessee, I thought he was very, very good. I, I mean, and it is Connor, it's Colin, Connor Harrell. I said Colin, I think. Gotcha. Connor Harrell. Um, he was 18 of 25 for 269 yards and three touchdowns while piling up 30 yard, 35 yards on nine carries and a pair of touchdowns on the ground. And it's not just – I mean, because – you know, the, the 269 yards, especially at Thompson, where they've had Tua Tungabailoa and um, the kid that went to Auburn as a walk-on this past year who, who was slinging it all over that led him to a state championship, um, they, they, uh, the, the 269 doesn't blow you away. But it was just the passes that you, you can tell. Like, they didn't need him to do all that he did anyway. They, they, he, with a much lesser quarterback – and they still win the game. Um, and I'll tell you this, too. Oxford's got a quarterback named Trey Higgins. Yes. Um, he, he only had 174 yards, but he had four touchdowns uh, throwing. Uh, and then he ran for 182 yards and a touchdown. And I'm telling you, this kid is tough as nails because he had zero time. I'm talking zero. Um, because, I mean, you know, when you got Peter Woods and Jeremiah Alexander right. – I mean, you nobody's going to have time. Thompson Higgins, is going undefeated. It, it, Higgins is one of our uh, QB country kids. <clears throat> oh, is he really? Same. Yeah, he's in the fold. Yeah, good player. Definitely a good wow. player. Well we trained, well coached. Mississippi State for uh, baseball. Baseball. Yeah. But he is uh, trained with uh, QB country Birmingham for uh, quite some time, and is a talented kid, no doubt about it. Yeah, that's interesting, man. Because he, he he seems like a dude that. Uh, he, he's got a very Jake Coker feel about him. You know, we love to bring up Jake Coker on this podcast. And um, this kid has a very Jake Coker feel about him. People that don't watch as much high school football as, as you and I do would be really surprised to know how many talented kids are out there. You know, mo- most fans, most Alabama fans, most college football fans, their sole focus is on recruiting and these freaks that are just so much bigger, stronger, and faster than the other kids, and those are the ones we know. But there are there's a lot of really good players out there, and there's just not room for all of them at the uh, at the SEC level. There there there's good players at every level of football. One game I want to talk about is an upcoming game, is the first college football game of the year, uh, and, and we may never watch another FCS game all season long. But next Saturday night at eight p.m. on ESPN, Central Arkansas and Austin P will be the first college football game of the year. I encourage everyone to watch it just for one thing. Notice these kids are good players. They work hard. They're talented kids, good players. Just because they'll never play in the NFL doesn't mean they're not really good at what they do. No, that's right. Um, I am excited about that, too, and I probably will tune in unless there's a really good high school game on at the same time. I haven't even had time to yes. look at the high schedule. For there's a week. marathon of college of high school football games on the ESPN platforms next weekend. I'm excited about all of it. I'm going to watch as much as I can, and it will also feature two of my local teams, St. Paul's yep. versus Spanish Fort. Will be well, man, one hey, of the games. We were just talking about that, uh, the Sultan, Jay Sultan. Yep. I mean, he's – Yep. We're going to check him out next week. He's about to become a thing if he's on ESPN. Yep. That's right, uh, and I, I believe he will. And, and several kids in uh, Spanish Ford has has good kids and young kids. And one of my favorite underrated kids in the whole state of Alabama who's committed to Oregon, Christian Burkhalter, who we've talked about on this show, actually. We talked about Burkhalter, uh, who had an older brother uh, who's a quarterback, uh, but they're in the same recruiting class. 
Jake, uh, 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 why am I, you know, uh, <laughs> Jackson Burkhalter. I don't know why I was brain farting on, on, on him of all people. But, yeah, Jackson now Burkhalter is a quarterback. His younger brother Christian's a linebacker. They're, they were at Spanish Fort High School. Christian is committed to Oregon, even though he's from southern Alabama. And uh, the older brother, Burkhalter, crazy quarterback story, finally found a landing place a couple weeks ago. We're excited about He's going to Rhode Island, which is an – Excellent basketball program. They play football as well at the FCS level, and uh, that's where Jackson Burkhalter signed. And uh, but yeah, the younger Burkhalter, great, great player. I think the most underranked talent in the state of Alabama is Christian Burkhalter. Uh, well, Jimmy, I told everybody earlier you want to go check out rockauto.com and R-O-C-K-A-U-T-O.com for all the parts your car will ever need. Uh, absolutely wonderful website. Go check them out ASAP. Be sure and please put in the promo code Locked On so they'll know that you heard about rockauto.com from us. We get nothing from that, meaning we get no commission, but I... It's just nice for them to know that this advertising is working. And we beg of you, get that chassis checked, get those wipers exchanged, uh, get some new brake pads. You probably need new headlights. Yeah, new headlights. People get headlights before they go out. Why do y'all all wait to get them after they go out and you can get a ticket or cause an accident? Go replace your headlights next week through Rock Auto. Go do that because if you wait until they're out, you've waited too long. Well, I think I think that ought to be their slogan. Go to rockauto.com and save a life. I, I dig it. I, I mean, I, I don't think I'm being hyperbolic here, but go to rockauto.com. I don't know how Madison Avenue missed you, man. R-O-C-K-A-U-T-O.com. So, Jimmy, there was a a tweet going around this past weekend. Um, It was just one video of one pass from Bryce Young and it and to Treshawn Holden, that makes me think that my prediction that Bryce Young will be our starting quarterback within the first month of the season will come to fruition. If you have you seen the said tweet, I've seen. Oh, I have. I, I knew. I knew what you were talking about before you'd even got halfway through the sentence. Yeah, I saw it. It's uh, it's impressive for. Uh, it's a showy thing for those who haven't seen it. it. It's sort of a bad snap from the center. So, so Bryce has to catch the snap with one hand, uh, not showing off. I think he's just sort of had to catch it with one hand, but it's a timing route. So you got to get rid of the ball on time or the whole thing blows up because it's a short, it's a short out route. That's got to be a certain amount of steps that the wide receiver takes and, and, and the quarterback's got to deliver the ball on a wide receiver, certain step or, or, the play won't work. So Bryce, even though the snap was bad, manages to catch the ball with one hand and throw it anyway without setting himself and threw a bullet and an absolute strike in the one place it could be thrown to complete the ball. And uh, I think I think Bryce flashed a lot of his not just his physical ability because you know he's he's a talented passer, but he also flashed his, his the, the it factor with him the. I mean, it was showy, even though he didn't intend it to be showy. It wasn't like, hey, I'm going to show off. Watch what, watch this. I mean, that's just him. He just, 
he just makes it happen regardless of the circumstance. And uh, I haven't compared him to this guy ever. And it's just one snap. So I'm not really, but just the one snap, you can't help but think a little bit of Patrick Mahomes, who's also a, he's showy, but it, 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 I, I don't ever think it's intentional. I just think it's just natural talent. And, and that's how it shows itself. And uh, with Bryce, that's what we saw there, even though it's just one snap. But, hey, that's all we get to see. So, hell, yeah, let's make a mountain out of a molehill, and uh, and we'll talk about one snap for a week because what else, what the hell else we got to see and talk about? <laughs> no, it is true. I mean, there's, we're so hungry for football, and, like, we can't get anything. I, I tried to find some updates on the Auburn scrimmage and like I was talking to people who were just knee deep into Auburn. I was checking out all the Auburn website to which I have access and like nobody knows shit. And even Philip Marshall, who is like, if he, I mean, he poops orange and blue and he was like, I don't know anything about the scrimmage. Nobody's told me shit. <laughs> you know, And um, he, he didn't have anything to say. Nobody knows anything. And then Gus, all I know it was so secretive, apparently, like Gus Malzahn wore like a T-shirt to his press conference. It was like, I don't even want to give away our game day polo this year. I want to, <laughs> all I'm, doing, I'm just, I'm, everything's a secret. I'm scared the Russians are hacking us or something. But uh, that's the way it's going to be everywhere, I think. I think Alabama's going to be the same way. I mean, you're not going to be able to find anything out about a lot of these scrimmages. I mean, we're, and lots of times, when you do have a scrimmage, you know, somebody can say, hey, this happened, this happened, this happened. And then you get the the stats and they don't jive. But one of the reasons may be that, okay, maybe they, they did that play over. But, but somebody who watched it firsthand got a sense of, okay, this kid can really, you know, have a home run, be a home run threat. But the play didn't count because Saban didn't like the defensive alignment or some shit. Well, now we're not going to get any of that, you know, any of that secondhand stuff to compare to the stats. It's going to be – I mean, what an interesting year we're coming up on. I just hope it happens. I'm a little, uh, you know, I don't want to make, you know, part of, I'm not going to talk too much about the virus, but, you know, part of, I think, our, our problem in, in the country and our never-ending arguments over the virus is that we forget that the, the United States is only 6% of the world's population, yet I think too much we, in our minds, think the United States is the entire globe and that these other countries don't exist and what they're going through just has nothing to do with anything. But, you know, we're just a small part of, of a global pandemic. It's not an American pandemic. It's global. So that's that's one thing to keep in mind. And, and I think I fear we kind of do the same thing on a smaller scale when we see what's going on at Alabama and extrapolate that into the, S, the rest of the SEC and the rest of college football. Uh, but I say all that to say that that Dr. Bell's uh, a memo today uh, that's gotten out in the public and and various things we hear from from places and tweets from people we trust and and stuff. I mean, th- there's no doubt that this is just a fact. Since the students returned to campus, which has only been one week, really, it's just been ten days, if that, because they only started class five days ago. But since the students returned to class, they showed up with only 1% of them positive from the mandatory testing they did before arriving. And that number has blown up now in in terms of what that number is. It's not 29%. That was a misstatement. But the number has blown up. And I I, I just worry young people never got the message. They, They believe they're bulletproof. And they are largely, 
to coronavirus, so they don't care, or there's too much not caring. And what they've never, or what a lot of people don't accept about that is they're community spreaders, and the university cannot bring 30,000 super spreaders to West Alabama because they, they, they don't just interact with each other. It would be fine if it was all a bubble, if this was yeah. all the NBA. It's not a bubble. They don't just interact with each other. Kids, uh, are they going to be harmed? No. But when they go to Publix and they go through the checkout line and they give coronavirus to the sweet little lady at the checkout counter at Publix, she's going to die. So, and, and that's why they can't, uh, we can't just have coronavirus explode and just say, well, they're all kids uh, and, and they'll be fine. Yes, that's true. But you're leaving out the other half of a fairly big story. They, they spread it. And so I worry, as a matter of fact, I, I think Alabama is going to be closed down this week. That's what I, I think is going to happen. And, and I, I think it's going to close down. I'm fine if Alabama goes all online and we still have football because I think it's even better for football if we do that because that means you don't have a, these uh, frat boy, and I was a frat boy, frat boy and sorority girl morons out there uh, co-mingling. And, I mean, they're doing about as much social distancing as Human Centipede 3. I mean, it's just, they're, they're just not really uh, trying to, to – uh, to, to keep this thing under control. And that, and again, I get it. It makes sense. I'm not really so mad at them because when you and I were their age, we also thought we were bulletproof. We also thought nothing would ever happen to us. And if there had been a pandemic there, you can bet your sweet ass, we all would have had it. That's fine. Um, however, that's true. That's true. I hope that now if the student, if the other students aren't there, see, we can keep the football players and basketball players in a bubble. We can keep them sort of locked up. Now, the one thing that the, the side effect um, will be interesting in the sense that, okay, because they're all in this bubble and there, there is no fraternization with any other student, I wonder what kind of psychological effect that'll have on these kids. And it will also strengthen anybody's argument that wants to say these kids aren't there for school. They're there for a business. Therefore you should pay them. I get all that. But I think the, the, the alternative is, I mean, the, the, the alternate art, art, argument, God knows what's wrong with me. The argument is that um, if you bring them all there and you keep them in a bubble, they are still a lot safer than they would be at their respective homes on average. There's no doubt in my mind. So at the end, they do get a chance to go play football. They get a chance to show their wares and to win a championship. So I think there's many more positives. There are negatives, but there are more positives. And that's um, what I think about that. That's all I got to say about that in very Forrest Gump fashion. I disagree. with. I agree with everything you said, and I agree that's all very possible. I just worry because that's what I do. I worry that once they send all the students home, there'll be more pressure to cancel or, or, or postpone. So I there, worry there that be, that will be the result. There, there will be some pressure from some people. And I think that, you know, I'm, I'm beginning to see, like, for instance, with a lot of the, the social justice stuff, there was so much pressure after the George Floyd stuff for everybody to, to change uh, – a lot of different things. And sometimes people went a little bit overboard with it. I, 
I, I think. But um, I understand where it was coming from. And the the if you can weather that storm without going overboard, which I think the Big Ten went overboard, there was a lot of pressure for them to give up. Well, we see now the Big Ten is like, okay, we kind of we botched this. Even their commissioner saying we kind of botched this, um, and we we reacted too quickly. And I think that that's how the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 need to handle this, is if the students are all sent home and it's all online, but the football players are still there, there's going to be a wave of criticism about how in the world can you still have the football players there. And I think the best thing to do, instead of having an initial reaction any or even a counter argument, is just to be real quiet and let, let, let the days go by day by day and if day by day goes by and we don't have a lot of cases and we don't have any big hiccups, I think all that talk will calm down. The Big Ten succumbed to the pressure way too quickly, in my opinion, and they've essentially uh, admitted that at this point. Uh, Jimmy, let's take a break. When we come back, i got to talk about an interesting offer that just went out that's very, very exciting. Okay, Jimmy, uh, the number one player in 2023, if it's not going to be Peter Woods, and it could be um, from Thompson, I mean, it very well could be him eventually. Uh, it is going to be, boy, I hope I'm not butchering this name, Lebius Overton. One of the best names. Overton yeah. sounds right. Overton's right. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Lebius, uh, I, I don't know, but I certainly like it. And here's the thing. I'm just – and I, I'm, I'm going to give Bama Online all the credit. This is coming straight from Bama Online. Um, he's the 24-7 put out their top uh, 247 for 2023 not too long ago. And I saw this Overton's kid name from, from Georgia on there, from Alpharetta. And I thought, well, I'm sure he'll just be headed to Georgia. And I didn't really give much thought about it. I looked at the other Alabama guys. Well, then it uh, came out last week that this kid – He's got a ton of Alabama ties, and I'm about to give them to you. I don't know if you know any of this. Um, Overton is the son of two former Division I athletes who now work in higher education and the younger brother of another Division I athlete. His father, Milton, was a four-year starter on the offensive line at Oklahoma and is the current athletic director at Kennesaw State, working at Alabama, TCU, A&M, and Florida A&M along the way. His mother, Eunice Thomas, starred on the volleyball court at Kentucky and later coached at the collegiate level before working in academic advising and admissions at many of those schools mentioned. And his brother, uh, Micaiah Overton, is a redshirt freshman defensive lineman at Liberty. Um, the explosive and strong six foot four, 243 pound edge rusher racked up 105 tackles, including 42 for a loss. Remember, he was a freshman last year. 19 sacks and 13 more quarterback hurries as a freshman at Bessemer Alabama Academy before transferring to Alpharetta, Georgia in time to join the basketball team and average a double-double and helping them advance to the state semifinals. Then, then Steve Wiltflong uh, posts a couple of pictures of uh, Lebius Overton taking pictures at, after the Alabama championship game and it looks like 2000, probably 2015, I guess. Um, and he's, or actually, no, this must have been 2011, because I think that's Chance Warmack he's taking a picture with. And then he, there's a picture after Saban's first title in 2009 of Levius Overton. And Jimmy, it's the cutest little picture. I mean, because the kid's only like, 
like yeah. six at the time, and he's wearing a big Alabama sweatshirt. I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, kids, he's got all, he's yeah. a big Alabama fan, and we kids just dad. Oh, the kid's dad was probably working at Alabama <laughs> at that time. True, because the kid's dad worked worked at Alabama. You know what stands out to me about the bio? Um, you know, uh, and I read that fine work by BOL doing top notch work as always, and. You know, I knew a little bit about the kid, but but that 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 article is definitely helpful, and it's somebody that's going to obviously be a major target, major priority for Alabama over the next uh, two and a half years. We're going to be working recruits this little little cute freak. But uh, here's what stands out to me: notice that the older brother plays for Liberty, mm-hmm. and we know the 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 coach there, that Hugh that Hugh fellow, right? Yeah. So Hugh, Hugh Freeze is at Liberty. And, and it's funny to me that I can name another time in history that Hugh Freeze signed an older brother nobody wanted and then ended up with the little brother that everybody wanted, the Kim Dichies, you know. So yeah. here's, here's Hugh Freeze doing it again. He's, he's taking the older brother who was lightly recruited and that not many people know of. And now is sort of for Liberty, well positioned with the younger brother to pull the upset of the century and have this guy sign with Liberty, or maybe the kid signs with Kennesaw and goes and plays for his dad's program. But, but anyway, uh, no, or I'm maybe we hire Hugh Freeze and his dad, and we sign we sign him all three of them. Yeah, I do think Alabama is obviously going to be a major player for him. Obviously, the kid is extremely familiar with Alabama's football program. He is local. Alabama. He grew up in Alabama. He's only moved to Atlanta. It's not far away. Uh, Alabama sends a lot of big-time kids out of Atlanta. He's a pass rusher. Alabama recruits well at that position. Uh, I think there's every reason in the world to believe Alabama will be a major player, but just when I read the bio, that's what stuck out to me. Like, there goes Hugh Freeze again, signing the older brother nobody wants. And then he then he shocks the world by landing the younger brother that everybody wants. Yeah, and the only thing that that scares me about this is that um, that in that class, I guess Saban will be seventy one when he signs. Yeah, that's right. That Saban right? turns sixty nine and twenty, so <laughs> he will turn actually seventy two. Oh uh, my god! And and that so uh, well seventy two yeah. the year he's playing, right? <laughs> uh, twenty three. Will be uh, the year of February twenty uh, third. Will be the year he plays. So, so yeah, his freshman year he plays will be seventy two. So that's right. Saban will sign him early at seventy one. Yeah. Jeez, uh, you know, and maybe Saban's still going. I mean, I hope he is. I mean, I don't see, but it just what I don't want Saban to retire before we get to this twenty twenty three class, which has like a, a gazillion studs in the state of Alabama. Okay, just Saban, hang on till then, bro. Don't get the COVID. <laughs> you know all the more reason to shut it down and send those party animals home and by the way i was in tuscaloosa uh starting on wednesday all the way through this morning got back home today got back to this home today and uh now i was not going late night clubbing and uh so it wasn't like i was in Innisfree at eleven thirty saturday night i was not but i'll just say that in my travels around tuscaloosa I, what i saw was uh largely uh, a mask-wearing compliant population of students and locals. I went in many restaurants, many stores, 
out constantly, drove around campus, went to a few things, went to Birmingham one one for most of one day, uh, where there was also largely compliant people socially distanced and wearing masks. Um, I, I didn't see a large scale repudiation of masks. Now, mm-hmm. I obviously didn't go to any fraternity parties, so we'll just leave it at that. Um, all right, Jimmy, one other note that's out there. I saw um, LSU and Coach Will Wade picked up a crystal ball for J.D. Davidson on the rival site. Um, boy, if <clears throat> LSU were to come into the state of Alabama and pick up uh, its top basketball prospect yeah. uh, since Trendon Watford, uh, yeah. he, and in my opinion, he's, he's just as good, if not better than Trendon Watford. Boy, I want to tell you, that would stir some shit up, wouldn't it? Oh gosh, it would be uh, another earthquake, and it would be bad. But I'll, I'll say this about JD Day, who is a great, great prospect, great kid. I'm pulling for him, and I have, and, and this is all hunch. This is not scoop at all. This is 100% hunch. I, I've never felt good with uh, Alabama signing him. I, I, I fear that I feared all along it would be Auburn that he would go to Auburn over Alabama, but now with the one crystal ball to LSU, that's one more thing for me to worry about. Um, also wouldn't rule out Kansas, but I I just don't feel real good about that kid signing with Alabama. And I, I, I you know, it's, it's nothing I can point to and say, hey, here's the fact and this is why, but uh, nah, just, just don't feel good about it, never have. Okay, well, thank you, Captain Sunshine. We appreciate you being on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not much comment there. Huh? <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Talking Tuscaloosa. Oh, no, we're not talking Tuscaloosa anymore. <laughs> we back. talked about Tuscaloosa the whole time. We did talk about, about Tuscaloosa our... specifically. You know, it's funny. We talk Tuscaloosa. We talked Tuscaloosa on Locked On Bama. Okay, for those who don't know, we used to be called Talking Tuscaloosa, and then we recruited to Locked On Bama. And I, you know um, how Saban has these early offers, and then he's trying to cut people. I think Locked On <laughs> Bama offered us way too early, and they've been trying to cut police. Uh, <laughs> that's trying to that's funny. Them. We're the kicker. We're the kicker. Wait, we're the we're the we're the kicker. We're the kicker that Alabama signed. The kicker that Alabama took too early. Yeah, while um, while there were several other uh, you know Daniel Carlsons out there, they're like, hey, let's try this. Uh, that that team over there talking Tuscaloosa seems like they have one good leg. Let's go try them out. <laughs> that DeLong kid can really punish. <laughs> All right, man, roll tide. Roll tide. <laughs>